Welcome to Sunday's edition of On Texas Football. As usual, I've got Ian Boyd here, uh, X's and O's expert of uh, InsideTexas.com. Uh, please give us a chance for a subscription at InsideTexas.com. Right now, it's six months for 30 bucks. Uh, you're not going to get a better deal than that with all the content we have going on. Ian, of course, is our X's and O's expert there. Uh, Ian, you wrote a couple articles this week that we wanted to go in a little deeper on. Uh, you know, we've talked about how Texas should be better on offense. But really, you talked this week about the one-two punch on the inside of the passing game that Texas should have with Jatavian Sanders and Jordan Whittington this year. What are your thoughts, and, and why did you want to write about that this week? Well, they, um, there's a certain degree to which I feel like Whittington and Sanders are almost overlooked. As you know, they have A.D. Mitchell coming in, big-time transfer, very big impact. I think he will have a very big impact on the season, and if he doesn't, than Isaiah Nayor will, right, on the outside. They have Xavier Worthy coming back. Um, they have, you know, there's just the questions about who takes over in the run game. But in the meantime, they have a, is what, fifth year for Jordan Whittington, proven former five-star, very versatile team player who's actually going to get to play his natural position. And then they have this guy that, right now would probably be mocked in the second round of the next NFL draft at tight end at Jatavian Sanders. I think that as they move to more of a spread offense next season, which we anticipate, you know, much of the time, that actually leads to an offense that could be extremely productive throwing inside to these two guys. Um, and so I've just been sort of fleshing out how that can look. You know, I, I, I mentioned that they could play Jordan Whittington at running back at times and then play Mitchell and Nayor outside, Worthy and Sanders inside, and then Whittington moving all over the place. Um, and then I mentioned just some of some of the ways that they used Sanders last year. Some of them were normal tight end things. Some of them were a little more creative. And how his role could really explode uh, if they play more 11 personnel where he's in the alignments where a tight end is normally maximized. That, that, that brings my question. They had this last year right? Uh, Whittington and Sanders were both there last year. Is is the presence outside what makes it different this year on the inside? I think that that is a big part of it. There's probably maybe like three different things we could point to that are pretty significant. There. Okay, like go over those. Yeah. So one that you're just getting at, really for the last three years, Texas has had a ton of guys that were really productive if you could play them in the slot. And then they've lacked guys that can play outside and, and handle, you know, getting press man coverage from cornerbacks and the top cover defenders of the other team. Um, you know, they had a – well, we don't need to relitigate it. It's been a regular problem for Texas. And last year, it was a problem again. Like, Xavier Worthy had to be their de facto X receiver for most of the season. They had Jatavian Sanders flexed out there at times. They had Jordan Whittington playing outside receiver much of the season because they would use two tight ends and they wouldn't really have a slot. So that neither of those guys were really featured um, in their in their like their NFL roles, so to speak. Uh, another big factor, you know, Quinn Ewers was a redshirt freshman. He didn't know the full offense yet. Hard to have a really thorough, deep passing game if your quarterback is inexperienced. And then finally, I mean, they really wanted to win games with Bijan Robinson, and rightfully so. So the offense was mostly structured, and you could tell that the things they emphasized were how do we make the most of Bijan Robinson before he goes in the first round of the next draft? 
how do we how do we try to put the game in his hands? And uh, they were right to do that. It worked pretty well, but he's gone now, and it's things are different as a result. I guess you know when we look at it, what is the, what is the inside passing game? Why why is this of importance to you? Is it because that's the third and short chain moving type of thing, or does that just open up more big plays outside? I mean, what why is that? Why did you pick this topic of the inside passing game or on the interior being such a big factor for potential success next season? Well, I think it's just, you know, one of the defining features of an offense is how you attack the middle of the field. It almost tells you who an offense is, is how they go about that task. Everybody ultimately wants speed, deep threat outside. Everybody wants theoretically to be able to run the ball to some extent. Who you play inside and what their skill sets are basically tells you who the identity of the offense is. This year, you know, last year the identity of the offense was almost like Andre Karich, you know, and Jatavian Sanders in the flats um, with Bijan running the ball. This this coming year it's going to be Jordan Whittington and Jatavian Sanders. And, uh, you know, it so happens that the way you maximize guys like that is with uh, crossing routes, option routes inside, um, routes up the seam, vertical routes that break inside or outside against the safety, things that Texas was solid at last year, but just were not really the, you know, the main thrust of the offense. I, I think, you know, the power running game with Bijan is equally valid as a way to do things, but they have these two guys that are just really a potentially dynamic duo for running inside passing combinations. Kind of like you saw with, um, well, the 2005 Longhorns, obviously, when they had David Thomas, and then they they would have him running like two-man combos inside with, uh, help me out here, was it Brian Carter that was the main slot that year? Brian Carter, Quan Cosby was on that team, but he was outside. Uh, Ramont Taylor at times. I mean, they chewed up Ohio State throwing like different – route combinations up the seam with Thomas and Carter and Ohio state. They had everything that they had game plan was for stopping, you know, Vince young in the run game. They got chewed up. Obviously Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley too was another. This has actually been a pretty consistently good thing for Texas. You know, Sam Ellinger to little Jordan Humphrey, Sam Ellinger to Devin Duvernay. Um, I think that that's, that's going to be the the breadwinner for the team next year. So, so that this is this is a fair question then because I'm looking at the stats from last year right now. Xavier Worthy led the team with 60 catches. Jordan Whittington and Jatavian Sanders were next. Uh, Sanders had 54 catches. Whittington had 50. Does this mean that those guys are actually going to have more catches? You think than 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 Worthy slash Mitchell? Like, is that combo going to have more in your opinion? Or, or is this, you know, it's almost like you're describing a, a, a different version of what Iowa State did with Brock Purdy, except they used two tight ends. You're talking about using a slot and a tight end. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of what you're thinking right there? Yeah, well, it, it does get tricky because, I, the, you know, they're going to want to feed the ball to Mitchell and Worthy. So the statistics are going to be, they might be a little bit dispersed. But I would think that you would you would not see less in terms of catches for worthy for uh, for Whittington and Sanders and I I would expect 
maybe the catches look similar, but the yardage and the touchdown totals go up. Because even, I mean, if the offense goes as well as it might, they could throw the ball to Sanders and, and Whittington like five times a piece, but get 30, 40 points out of that in a hurry and then just have the backups in the run game going for the rest of the game. So it gets a little, you know, it, it gets harder to project the totals with how much they can spread the ball around. But I think the, their, their end of the day, how do we move the ball? How do we attack teams? And how do we handle like third down? How do we handle the red zone? It's going to be defined more by having these veteran guys inside than it was in the past. This is interesting to me because you, you talk about those guys on the outside getting help from the guys on the inside. Let me read this to you because uh, I found it interesting. You realize outside of Xavier Worthy, the leading pass catcher on the outside for Texas last year was Casey Kane at eight catches. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I mean, if you're talking about help from A.D. Mitchell uh, and Isaiah Nayor, you're, take, you're talking about what you would expect would likely be exponential improvement from that, right? Um, and actually, I mean... A guy like Keelan Robinson had 20 catches. Bijan Robinson, 19. Roshan Johnson, 14. I mean, no receiver outside of uh, Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington really was a part of the offense last year, other than those running backs. And how many how many pass attempts did uh, did Ewers finish the year with? Like 412? Was it something like that? Uh, you would ask me that, and I've got it. Uh, 296. He was. 172 of 296 for 2,177 yards, oh, uh, 15 TDs, six interceptions, 11 sacks, a QB rating of 132. 290s, I thought it was higher. 296 is, I mean, those are rookie numbers. They're going to pump those up in a big way this next year. I, you could see. I mean, well, not, he missed three games. That's right. Right. I, I think then for sure, I think he could be at 400 passes. I mean, they're not going to abandon the run. Like, Sark is going to want to run the ball early and often. But you can easily see 400 passes and also a lot more completions. Like, it's remarkable that they had three guys with 50 catches with how many incompletions they threw last year, you know, trying to find Worthy. You bump up his completion percentage to 60 65%. You add 50 to 100 attempts, you know. You start to see there's a lot of room for uh, – Everybody's stats to go up, basically, except for the running back. Yeah. Do you feel like, 
you know, you look at this and, and we're talking about the receivers group and what, what you were really pushing on this week from this inside passing game. Do you think that this gives up anything in the run game as part of that? I, Fundamentally? Yeah, I mean, probably not in a bad way. I mean, when you when you go spread, then you have to throw the ball more to run the ball, period. Because if you're playing a nickel defense um, and you have you have six blockers with the tight end, all they have to do is is sneak one more guy in the box and your run game is in trouble. So you have to give the quarterback the ability to, you know, turn the release valve and throw the ball outside on, on RPOs or your run game is going to be in some serious trouble. Um, they, you can make the run game more effective by doing that because you can consistently clear space, but you take a little bit of agency away from the run game, right? Like when they have Andre Karich and, and Jatavian Sanders and Jordan Whittington on the field, the other team can load the box and Texas could still just run the ball anyway. They could find enough blockers to say, do whatever you want. We want to run the ball. That's how we're going to advance it here. When you go spread, you give the defense some of the agency and you make them pick their poison. But the, the result of doing that is that you can make the run game potentially more explosive, assuming that the defense realizes that they can't, you know, uh, abandon one or the other. All right. Um, speaking with Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com, talking about uh, the inside passing game, the Longhorns, actually just what it all means uh, as it relates to the entire situation. Uh, Ian, uh, what else are you working on right now that you think folks might be interested in a little bit uh, and talking about? Well, we'll we'll go into um, probably a little bit of A.D. Mitchell's tape with a more of a fine-tooth comb uh, in the coming months. We're going to look at um, Trey Owens. We're going to look at some of his full-game cut-ups to see where he is. These high school quarterbacks, sometimes the full-game cut-ups, if you watch like a full game, can be so revealing to who they are. Uh, you could see, you know, you could see Sam Ellinger's competitiveness when you watch their full games. You could see Shane Bichelle's accuracy, but also a little bit of his, uh, him being a little bit contact shy. And you could realize like, oh, they're going to have to protect this guy for him to hold up. Obviously, Tyrone Swoops, <laughs> full game results should have been more indicative to what the issues might be there. So we'll do that. I think that'll be a, uh, pretty compelling and then otherwise everybody hit up the comments and tell me what you want me to write about and i'm uh, i'm all ears because it's <laughs> that's, uh, cr- that's it's great hey uh, go let's go this way to on it uh you mentioned ad mitchell what are you going to be looking for there because I, I think a lot of texas fans myself included are very excited about what he brings to the table on the outside because he's finally that one-on-one matchup that may give some other people the headaches that frankly, Texas has had. I mean, I think of Xavier Hutchison, right? Who, not even a high draft pick, but gave Texas headaches because of his size, ability to separate, even though he's not this major downfield threat. Yeah. Well, you know, I, somebody was reporting recently that Mitchell was one of the faster guys on the team. Which I was, know. Yeah. Was, I, my impression from his film was a little more like Hutchinson. Who, I don't, probably like a 4'8 guy. I don't, I don't know if he ran it the combine or the pro day. He looked like a four, eight guy on, on the, on the field, but he could get open at the chains consistently. Right. Mitchell seems like that. He seems like the kind of guy that 
you're just not going to get between him and a slant, you know? Um, they showed some of that in the spring game. He showed some of that at Georgia. I, I'm interested to see what his um, more like deep ball prowess might be, how he does tracking the ball, what kind of separation he gets on a vertical route. We know that he can be an enormous asset to the offense if he can just consistently win, you know, a curl or a slant at the chains on third and six. You add that to this offense, that's great. You have pretty much all you need. If he can also be a weapon on like double moves and vertical bombs in Sark's offense, you're just you're cooking with gas now. So I'll I'll have to take a look at that and see wh- and see where he uh, what that looks like for him. Well, I, I sat there and watched him in spring practice, and I watched him return a punt. Uh-huh. And he's not four eight. I can tell you that much. He's very he's very agile for sure. Right? Uh, he's no, he's downfield. He's interesting. You know how people have a second gear sometimes about 10 yards into something or 15 yards into something? Yeah. He has that little extra gear that he can hit. It's very interesting. I bet he runs in the four fours. You know, uh, end of the day. sometimes that's hard to see unless you're like closer to like field level. Yep. I remember being closer to field level at a, at a spring game in like, I want to say 2011 or 2012 and seeing Malcolm Williams return a kick. And he had that exact that exact deal where he hit the second gear when he saw a crease, and it was like I cannot believe that person is moving that fast. Um, maybe he'll maybe he'll be a little bit like Malcolm Williams with better hands. Yeah, and more natural receiver, right? Malcolm yeah. Williams probably should have played defense at some level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure sure should have maybe. Uh, all right, um, Ian, uh, please take Ian's suggestion here. Give us some comments about what you guys want to hear from Ian, uh, and we'll get going to it. Uh, but for now, that's going to do it for this Sunday's uh, edition of On Texas Football. Ian, uh, thanks for talking about the one-two punch on the inside with Jordan Whittington and Jatavian Sanders. For now, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been On Texas Football.